Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Ian Thompson will be sharing with us in our My Story series as he talks about discomfort. A lot of uncomfortable events for Ian, like our epic retreat, mission trips, and leading small groups, pushed Ian closer to God by using his discomfort. We will look at Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27, where the disciples were scared in the boat during the storm, and Jesus asked if they were afraid. Ian talks about how that's all of us. We can seek and embrace discomfort because we have the hope of Jesus. We hope you enjoy this message. My name's Ian, and I'm a senior this year at JL Man, unfortunately. And so I'd like to tell you what God has been doing in my life. So before we get into it, how many people like to wear shorts in the winter? Nice, nice. So let me tell you why I do that. Used to do that. (laughs) So way back when, this is kind of, you need some background information. My parents are divorced and my dad, don't live with them, but I would see him every Wednesday and every other weekend. And he swears that if it gets below 60 degrees, you have to wear pants because it's too cold outside. And I didn't like that because I'm not comfortable wearing pants, and I didn't want to do what he said. So I wore shorts all the time. And it got like to the point where I would go to like elementary school, and I would wear shorts. And I knew he was picking me up on Wednesday, and before he would, I put on a pair of jeans so he would never know. And anyway, <laughs> there you go. Very stubborn, very stubborn. And I say that um, because I felt like my dad was forcing me to do something that I didn't want to do, and I didn't understand why I had to do it. And it made me hate pants. And what's pretty embarrassing is up until last year, I never wore pants. That's true, except for like funerals and stuff, but that was it. So. The same thing happened with Christianity. My dad would force it on me, and not that I hated it, I just didn't like it. Like, he would make me, so on Wednesdays, he would make me go to church with him, and they would, they had this thing called Awana at their church. I don't know if anybody's done that, and I did not like it at all. I just didn't. And they would force me to go to that with a bunch of people I didn't know and it made me really uncomfortable and it made me end up hating church. And also you had to wear pants to church, so of course I didn't like it. So for a long time, I hated the institution of church. Didn't hate God, you know, but I just hated the idea of church and I was like, I don't wanna go ever. And you had to wake up early too didn't like that. Very selfish, I know. Um, Anyway, so to go back, like I said, my parents were uh, divorced. I was very young when it happened, like two years old, so I don't remember them ever being together. And it never really affected me at all um, until actually recently, uh, within the past couple years. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So elementary school was great. I loved it. It was so fun. You know, everybody's friends. You don't have to worry about anything. 
And then middle school happened, and literally like five people from my elementary school went to my middle school. So I knew nobody. And as somebody that doesn't like to meet new people, you know, not that I don't like to meet new people, it just makes me uncomfortable. You know, it wasn't, wasn't really great. Um, but I became friends with this one guy, and we were friends throughout like all of middle school. And it was not the best friendship. It was pretty toxic. And I didn't really realize that until eighth grade. And, um, you know, we kind of stopped being friends going like right as we were going into high school. And that kind of hurt a little bit because I didn't feel like I really had anybody close. Like I had friends, but I wasn't close with anybody. Um, so going into ninth grade, I already felt like I was kind of alone. And, you know, um, my, this is when I started to feel the effects of my parents' divorce. My grandfather died in my freshman year. And, you know, everybody says, like, oh, you know, my grandfather died and it, like, changed me. It's actually not his death that changed me, or not changed me, affected me so much. It was the fact that I didn't know how to tie a tie. And I had to learn from a YouTube video, and I realized that that was something that I had hoped my dad was going to teach me, but he wasn't there to teach me that. And that really hurt me. And not that it's his fault at all, but it just made me sad. And uh, after I noticed that, I started looking back in my life, and my Dad got remarried, and I have two awesome half-sisters. They're so cool. Wish you guys could meet them. They're awesome. But I started to see how my dad was there for them during their milestones and got to see them grow up every single day, where my dad was only seeing me grow up every other weekend and on Wednesdays. And that really, really hurt. Um, then also... Uh, Freshman year, that's when I started to shave my face. Had to learn from YouTube also, because my mom didn't know how to shave your face. She's never shaved her face. <laughs> she was like, I can show you how to shave your legs, but <laughs> I didn't, wasn't really interested in that. So it was like all of these things, and I know they sound stupid, like shaving your face, tying a tie, like it sounds dumb, but I guess it was something that, like, stereotypically your dad teaches you. And he, I realized he wasn't there when I really wanted him. And I didn't have that relationship with him that you know, I saw my friends having. And I saw my own sisters having. And that really hurt. Um, around freshman year, uh, I started talking to my mom about wanting to get back into going to church. So like I said, I would go with my dad, we went to church. I didn't like it. Um, and my mom and I, we kind of went to church, but not really. It was, at this point, we didn't go. Um, we used to go to our grandparents' church. It was like an old uh, Methodist church, and it was awesome. You know, you'd sing hymns out of, like, the book, and it was so great. And, like, the pastor would wear, like, these robes, and it was so cool. But... Other than that, we didn't really go to church. And 
it, I, I started to feel that freshman year. I started to feel God call me, I believe, you know. Um, so I talked to my mom about it, and I was like, you know, I really want to go to church. And she was like, cool. Didn't really do anything about it. And not that my mom's antisocial, but we're both kind of antisocial a little bit. Like, we need people to push us to, to be out there, you know? So we just never really went to church, and that's how it was for a good long time. Uh, sorry. Um, sophomore year came around, and it was actually Palm Sunday. I had a friend invite me uh, to come to church. And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> That's it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, why? Would I do that? No. And it was like youth group also. And I'm like, if it's anything like Awana, absolutely not. <laughs> so anyway, and I also had work at Bojangles. Don't work there. And I was like, you know, I got to make that money. But I asked off, and I went anyway. And I was so uncomfortable. Like, if you knew me, and you, like, saw me, like, if you have, if anybody, like, remembers, like, the first time I came, I stood there when everybody was singing like this, and everybody was, like, raising their hands. And I was like, is this school? And I did not know what was going on. Like, it just was foreign to me. Like, I had never seen people worshiping God like that, and, like, it was crazy. Like, I didn't know what was going on. And so, obviously, I was super uncomfortable, but God used my discomfort, and he showed me that, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable, and I didn't feel like it wasn't, excuse me, sorry, lost my train of thought. Uh, I was uncomfortable, but it was almost like a good uncomfortable, and I kept coming back after that, if that tells you anything. So it wasn't like I was put off at all. It was just kind of like shock, but I felt at home, and I felt peace about it. So I started to come back almost every week, but then, you know, summer came, and there was like two services that summer. It wasn't really anything. Um, and then junior year started and started hearing ads about Epic. I don't know if probably people, not probably, I know a lot of people have been to Epic. That was kind of dumb for me to say that. Um, and as soon as I heard about Epic, I was like, that's so not cool. I would absolutely never do that because why would I go with a bunch of people that I don't know? I would go to a different state, stay the whole weekend and you know, just sit there and be scared the whole time. Didn't, wasn't great. I mean, like, I had never gone, I, this was, like, my first, like, real church experience that I actually enjoyed, and I'd never gone on a church retreat, didn't know any, literally knew three people at the church at the time. So, you know, I was like, God, I'm not going to do that, and he was like, okay, cool, you're going, and I did. And it was super uncomfortable. I remember the first night I was there, and I sat on the bottom bunk and like the whole night while everybody was talking and I was like, 
to myself, this is super uncomfortable. But throughout the weekend, I started to feel God move. And I started to see the people, because everybody in my room, they knew each other pretty much, but I didn't know them. So I felt like really singled out. But they, they were all friends and I could see that they all like trusted each other. And we got into like some pretty deep conversations and it was really awesome. I didn't participate, but they did. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty cool. So God used my discomfort again to show me, to put me in a situation and he showed me a bunch of Christians that trust each other and that aren't afraid to talk about their problems with one another. And he taught me vulnerability in that moment. And I actually started to come out of my shell a little bit, not very much, but a little bit. And anyway, so that was awesome. After Epic, I got invited by our like cabin leaders to join the small group. They were starting a small group that year. And it was with pretty much the same people in uh, our cabin, minus a couple people. And again, I was like, yeah, thanks, not for me. I liked just coming in, like, you know, sitting down and then leaving. I didn't really want to talk to anybody, especially about, like, my problems and, like, my life. And yet here I am right now. And anyway, so I was really uncomfortable being in a small group of people that I didn't know. But again, God used that discomfort to build me and to build all of us and to build relationships between some of my best friends right now. And that's just so awesome, and I thank God for that. So after that, uh, you know, God was kind of like, he kind of, didn't really make me uncomfortable for a while. So he kind of blessed me with that. But then he hits me with, let's go to the Dominican Republic. And I'm like, cool, no. <laughs> and never tell God no, because that's, that's what I've learned. That's actually the bottom line is never say, never tell God no, because he'll say yes. And anyway, so Dominican Republic, you know, going to a foreign country and with, at this point, I knew a couple people, so it wasn't that bad, but still, I didn't even know Matt. Like, we had never talked, and like, literally, I think we started talking on the trip. Like, I don't even, like, I really don't think like we ever communicated, like, during the meetings, really. Like, maybe a little bit, but like, I don't think we had like, yeah, but it wasn't like, we didn't like get deep. This is okay. That's at least what I remember. At least I didn't feel like it was deep. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, like yeah. So I didn't even know the leaders going, and that's pretty uncomfortable. You're in a totally different country. Like it's not even Canada. Like it's a different country. My first time out of the United States and you know I'm not gonna lie this is kind of super selfish of me but before the trip I was super like yeah I'm American and every other country needs to be like America because we're the best 
And that was a very selfish way of thinking. And it, I don't want to say it's like I thought it was better than anybody else, but I know that's what it definitely looks like. I just thought America was the best country. And I was definitely taught a lesson on that trip. So again, God used my discomfort to, you know, make me see that there are people that I want to say happier than us as Americans when they have literally next to nothing. And I found that so beautiful and so awesome and so humbling. And it's just, that was just so awesome. Um, so after Dominican Republic, uh, I, you know, we come back and everything's fine. And then Dallas comes up to me and he's like, hey, lead a middle school small group. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, why would you even think, why would you even ask me to do that? And at the same time, I was uh, actually getting a job at an elementary school. And, you know, so I was working with kids around that age. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll do it. They're a little bit older, but, you know, maybe I'll like it. And, you know, God will use me. And it took a long time to trust that and to tell Dallas, hey, let's do it. Um, so I'm not going to lie. Like, today was our last small group. And... I'm uncomfortable every single time we do it. It's, but I, it's like a good uncomfortable though. Like, I felt, I thought to myself, like, what, what good am I gonna do to a bunch of seventh graders? They don't, they don't like me. They're not gonna like me. They're not gonna listen to me. And also the fact that, like, a lot of these kids, they have grown up being a Christian, like they're all, their families are like diehard Christians and they know every single verse in the Bible. And they're like literally like giving me sermons and I'm going to them for encouragement. And I'm like, wow, you're in seventh grade. And needless to say, I was, I, I was not confident in myself. I was not confident in and God, who gave me that position, allowed me to be in that position, and allowed me to be with those uh, seventh grade boys. And it was super uncomfortable. And God used my discomfort to teach me, you know, to teach me to love kids that are younger than me and to invest in them and how important it is. And I'm so thankful that I was kind of like, you know what, let's, let's do it. I'm glad. It's awesome. Uh, so anyway, if you have your Bibles, I would like to share some scripture. It's Matthew 8, 23. And when I was at Epic, I actually, this is kind of crazy, I randomly opened the Bible and I was like, let me look. For something that looks easy to read and then I saw like you know psalm and I was like okay you know looks cool kind of poetry don't really like poetry 
So I kept turning, and then I got to the New Testament, and I was like, okay, you know, no stanzas, so it looks good. Um, and I found Matthew 8, and I immediately fell in love with this passage because I believe it describes, you know, my discomfort so well. So I'll read. Um, forgive me when I stutter. I always stutter when I'm reading out loud. Don't know why, but it just happens. So it says in verse 23, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Then the men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So I read that, and, you know, sitting there at Epic with nobody who knows you, you know, I read that and I was like, cool, what does this mean? And I started to see at that point how this was kind of like later on in Epic, I think it was like the second day. So I had already started to come out of my shell and started to, to pray and to trust God, like, give me the confidence, give me the courage, give me, you know, the peace. And it, I feel like it was all described in this. So um, in this scenario, you know, I was the disciple. I was following Jesus. He led me on to the boat where, you know, the wind and the waves crash, and it's scary. So the wind and the waves and, like, my life would have been, you know, being being in a, like, cabin full of people you don't know, going to the Dominican Republic with, you know, the pastor that you've barely talked to, and, you know, leading the small group of middle schoolers that know more than you, it feels like, and everything, everything in my life, any time that I felt discomfort, it was the boat with the waves crashing over. But then the disciples say, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And when I read that, it was, to me, it's almost like I would be saying, God, like, it's, I need you, I need you right now, and I need you to save me, I need you to, to be here for me. And Jesus is like, so what, you have no faith? Like, why are you afraid? And that was so convicting for me, because I, where is my faith in Jesus? Why, why was I even saying that? Because I should just automatically trust that Jesus is coming, and he's there, and he is my comforter. And then Jesus gets up, and he's like, waves and wind, be gone, and it's calm. And then at the end, the men were like, wow, this guy's awesome. You know, who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So in verse 27, um, glory is being given to Jesus, being given to God, because he has, he has done something that you would not have expected. And in that in my scenario, it's being comforted when you don't feel any comfort to begin with. 
So I just really love that passage, and it's been so awesome to read it. So, um, excuse me, sorry. So more recently, I have been, like I said, with the problems that I've had with my dad. And I don't want you guys to think that I hate my dad at all. I don't. I love my dad. He's so awesome. But I just was hurt a lot. And I began to look back and to talk with my mom and to talk with friends about how, how can this, this hurt and this discomfort apply to everything that I've just said. And I look back and Matt, actually Matt and I were talking one time, not directly about this. We went to lunch and he was talking about the future and how, you know, when you're in the present looking into the future, you kind of, it's like blurry. You can't tell exactly what's going to happen, but you can see like maybe like distant landmarks of possibly what's going to happen. But then you take a step back. Once you're in the future, you look back and you can see everything so clearly. And I think when I started going through the, the sadness and the hurt and the anger towards my dad back in freshman year, I was looking into the future and I would see kind of the blurriness, but I wasn't taking a step and looking back to see how crystal clear everything was. And now that I take, take a look back, you know, my parents' divorce, it, not great, you know, um, and it caused pain. But literally, had they not have gone through that, I literally would not be standing up here today because my dad, he lives in Spartanburg, so he lives the whole county over, still would have been living there with him. You know, if I still, if I felt the way I felt about him forcing me to go to church back then, you know, I'd probably still be feeling the same way now because it'd be literally every Sunday, not every other Sunday. Um, and I found that so comforting. And after, you know, praying about it and just trusting that, trusting in God's will is super hard. And especially when you're going through a pain like that, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like, why would this even be in his will in the first place? It doesn't make sense. But I've just been so comforted in trusting, trusting God and knowing that he's there for me. So to summarize everything, God has used my discomfort, and that would be my word, is discomfort, to, to build me, to build relationships, to, to teach me and to help me grow as a person and to help me grow as a Christian and to help a relationship with the Father grow. And I just think that's so awesome. And I would like to share, not directly a quote, um, but I've been reading this book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And there he talks about uh, the Holy Spirit and 
like the different things about the Holy Spirit, like what it is and everything. But there, he talks about the Holy Spirit being called the comforter. And he says, why would, why would scripture call the Holy Spirit the comforter if we're already comfortable? And that was so convicting to me. Why, why would we call the Holy Spirit the comforter if we're supposed to be in comfortable situations? And I, I think that I don't think that as Christians we're supposed to be comfortable all the time. You know, we need to to take a step, take a leap of faith, literally faith in God and and trust in him that he will be good and that he will be fair and just and faithful. So I encourage all of you guys to to seek and embrace discomfort. You know, when somebody says something, when some pastor comes up to you and says, hey, speak in front of a bunch of people, May 19th, say yes, do it. Because if there's anything that I've learned, and I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it's just so important. Being uncomfortable is okay because, because you have Jesus. And... Yeah, that's what I have to say. And I appreciate everybody listening to my story and all glory goes to God. Thank you.